It's a creativatorium. <laughs> With your host, Sam Prince. That's me. Well, we talk everything acting. One of my favorite passion topics. And everything else in between. With very special guests, we talk film, theater, modeling, screenwriting, directing, design, behind the scenes, and so much more. So let's get crack a lackin' and see what we have in store this week. And action! Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Creativatorium. So excited for season two and so excited that you are listening. Really appreciate it. Just want to ask a quick favor of you. We, Sammer Productions, our theatrical group, did a play about Frederick Douglass last year, the great Frederick Douglass, who uh, was a great abolitionist and really helped free slaves back in the 1800s. And our goal is to get it into as many schools and businesses across the country as possible um, to, you know, raise awareness increase diversity, and just educate children and adults about a figure that they might not, maybe they heard about, but don't really know about. It's a great play. So if you have some connections or, or, or ideas, please contact us at Samber Productions, either on Facebook or our email is Samber. P-R-O-D 2021 at Gmail. That's S-A-M-B-E-R P-R-O-D 2021 at gmail.com. And would love to entertain any ideas or, or leads or, or contacts that you may have. Because we really want to get it into as many schools and, and businesses as we can. I forgot to leave out the most important part in February for Black History Month. That's our goal. Black History Month, really promote our play. So we'll love your help and really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. I am your host, Sam Prince, and I am with my good friend and talented comedian, Brandon Keyshawn. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Good, man. Good, man. Good. Hey, thanks for being on, man. I'm I'm really honored. Um, because uh, we'll talk about you know all the amazing things you've done, but I just wanted to say, you know, I'll never forget the first time I met you mm-hmm. at uh, one of those host production plays, you know, and I was new to the game, and you. You've been doing it for a while. Shout out to Terry and Host Productions. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. But what what she does, which you obviously aware of, is she um, does these. She lets everybody do like a monologue, or uh, you know, whatever you want a skit. You know. And that's what she does to kind of warm up before we rehearse, you know? And I just remember you doing a skit that was so hilarious. I mean, it was just all off the top of your head, you know? 
And it was hilarious, man. You know, and you just brought it. And I was like, man, that is one talented dude. I mean, I, if there's one thing I know, I know talent. And I was like very impressed and cracking up and like, man, that dude is talented. fun with with the idea with the idea of the observation and uh when you have fun with observation you can use that to your your advantage and your abilities to create something in, yeah. in, in a small space yeah yeah absolutely man absolutely well hey man tell everybody about brandon man like you know where you started all the amazing things you've done and, and, and where you are now, man. Walk us through the life of Brandon. Well, first of all, I used to be a crackhead. And uh, <laughs> used to, <laughs> that's where it all came about. Uh, I was on a lot of meth. Uh, I did a lot of that. Smoked a lot of Newports and Long Johns. It was crazy. <laughs> um, no, uh, really, I started doing comedy. Actually, I started as an actor as at seven years old. And I was doing plays. Uh, of course, at seven? And, yeah, at seven, yeah. Wow. And, and uh, started doing plays, of course, in high school and stuff like that, but then got into major stuff, you know, civic theater and uh, all that all that stuff uh, that came about and circle theater, um, of course, wealthy as well. And just doing plays around the city of Grand Rapids and then got into this major excuse me, if I can remember, it was a Russian play. And I think it was uh, The Phantom, but it was it was done in in, in a Russian, the Russian play outlet. And, mm -hmm. and I didn't think they did plays. And I played like a, a page who protected the king and the queen with a sword. And this white woman just picked me out of nowhere at Civic Theater just to do this show at the boss. So that was a long time ago. So wow. out of all that, yeah, so out of all that, it was it was something special towards the end of that. So I said, all right, I think I may like this acting thing so I can continue with it. And the thing about it is a lot of people, uh, they say, well, actor, you know, saying comedians can turn to actors, but actors can't become comedians because it's a hard transition. And I got a big to differ with that. I was one of the few chosen ones that was an actor turned comedian. I didn't start comedy till my uh, April 5th, 2005. Wow. So, yeah. So I didn't start doing stamp until April 5th of 2005 professionally uh, when I was doing it in high school. And I was I was a high school kid doing stand up at the time. And, and then I got more into it when I started realizing I said, well, man, maybe this maybe this can make me some money. So my grandparents can get the hell off off, off my back. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Because at the time when you live with old people, they 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 want you to do some already. They want you to get out their house so they can be naked. Um, right. so, <laughs> so at the time of me doing it, yeah. So at the time of me doing it, uh, I just realized I was like, okay, maybe this can actually be doing something. So I started doing comedy with a guy named Greg Morris, who I initially started off with. And uh, he was doing comedy shows all across Grand Rapids, you know, from the, uh, uh, I think it was the Radisson Hotel, now known as the Delta on uh, 28th Street. 
and uh, okay. we were just doing shows. Yeah, we were just doing it was. It's by the mall, so if anybody. Yeah, knows I know exactly. Mall, what you know. Yeah, Patterson. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. that yeah it was called the Radisson back then, but now it's right. I yeah. So, um, and so now I started shows him. I started doing shows down at the Bob, but that kind of got uncomfortable because it was just like, first of all, there's no black people really. I mean, there's black people, but there's no black people to where, you know. I could relate to. And the joke started coming in a real point where it's just like, okay, I got to start being relatable. And no offense to white audiences. I love all audiences, but you got to understand something as a comedian. I have to be relatable in some type of way to me in, in order to make somebody laugh and understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. And so yeah. I did that. I did the white audiences, I did the black audiences. And I was just trying to compare the two of how to mix the stuff together, which was a hard mm -hmm. transition because it was just like, how can I do a mixed audience without being offensive? Because right. the type of comedian that I am is I like to tell the truth and observation and do physical humor. Right. So yeah. coming forth maybe about 10, 10, 11 years later, I start to figure out that configuration. And once I started doing that, um, I started getting offers to open up for comedians like Joe Torrey, uh, Pierre. Um, but uh, there was a whole bunch of comedians I, uh, I have opened up for, especially from the Comic View and Def Jam era. Um, yeah, Paul Mooney, I think you said. Yeah, Joe Paul Mooney. Mooney. Yep, I, I did a show with uh, Paul Mooney. Uh, I did a show with Dick Gregory in St. Louis. Um. Yeah. So there, there, there's a there's a roster of com a legendary comedians that I've been on stage with. Yeah, Cat um, Williams. I think you told me too, right? Yep. I was on tour with him for three and a half years. Wow. Um. Yeah, with him. Um. There was some, and then I did it with Steve Harvey uh, when he first did his talk show. Um. When he first got it on air on NBC Universal. Uh. Open. Open for that. Wow. Um, and like every every episode, every I was every, doing it. I I maybe did about three episodes. Okay. okay. Yeah, I was just a warm up announcer. I just yeah, that was pretty much oh, okay. it. And got, yeah, and then he got Ruben, who he works with now on uh, Family Feud. Now he's the announcer for Family Feud, so he picked okay. him out of that. So which was which was good. It was a great experience in Chicago when he first. Yeah. Came. Yeah. Wow, man. That's so great, man. That is so great. And, yeah. you know, I, I can totally understand about the whole black, white audience thing, man, because, you know, I, 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 the first comedian that comes to mind is like Richard Pryor, you know, and that dude, mm -hmm. you know, he, <laughs> he didn't care, you know, no. the white audience, the black audience. Mm -mm. And he was able to somehow, I don't know, somehow mix the two together, like you said. Yeah, he uh, he basically uh, it was like it was like reading Richard Pryor is like reading a book. Um, and I tell this to comedians all the time. It's like when you watch Richard Pryor, you're actually looking at a book. He literally tore the skin off his back to put on those pages. So I tell comedians, if you're stealing from Richard Pryor, you're stealing from his life because obviously. There's no there's no reason to steal from Richard when you haven't lived 
in a brothel. His mother was a prostitute. You know what I'm saying? He was on drugs. So it's just like, you got to understand from him. That's a, that's a, that's a weird life to live and then become the biggest comedian ahead of your time when you're in this, when you're in the seventies, the eighties, you know what I'm saying? That was, that was, that was Richard's time. So. Right. Yeah, man. Wow. Starting all the big movies, which way is up from Brewster's millions um, to busting loose. Right. Uh, It's, it's, it, the, you know, uh, toy, you know, it's it's incredible yeah. for to watch those types of movies with Richard in it because um, it's and if anybody and if anybody listening right now, if you haven't seen the Richard Pryor documentary, watch Richard Pryor on Showtime or Mythologic. So if you haven't seen this or know who if you're upcoming comedians that are young comedians who are just starting comedy, watch Richard Pryor's uh, or Mythologic. You will see the difference. From there were there were two different Richards. There were two different Richards. Uh, and you'll see that transition when you watch it. So Wow, okay. I gotta check it out, man. I gotta yeah, check it out. That, it's really yeah. good. It's really good. Wow. Yeah. So man, so that leads me kind of into the next question, which is, you know, I like to give advice to aspiring actors, comedians, you know, whatnot. And um you know, comedy is acting, you know, I mean, as part of it is, I mean, you know, a small part, you know, I don't know if you agree or not, but I mean, you, you got to have some kind of acting skills, you know, to get up on stage and, and, and rip it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yes. yeah, what kind of, yeah, what kind of advice would you give aspiring comedians trying to come up? And, and do that thing? Um, if you're becoming an actor and a comedian, and I'll start with just being an actor first. Um, yeah. If you're becoming an actor, study the art. Study the transition of knowing how to and what to do. Learn the observation of life. That will give you the continuation of being an actor. Look at certain situations that you can put yourself in and how you would get yourself out of. Um, try to learn improv. I'm a, and I'm going to say this when I say learning improv. You don't, have to, you don't need no piece of paper. You don't need no pencil. If you're learning improv, just like you watch people every day lie every day, you have to be a great liar. You have to be a great liar. Uh, <laughs> If if you're a great liar, you're a great actor. Uh, <laughs> that that is exactly. that is the significance. It, it really is. Yeah, I right. have to believe you, right? I have to believe you in order to make you realize what what I am. Right, you can figure, like just right. figure that yeah. out. It's just it's it's really is like people lie about. What well, say it again? I'm sorry, I can hear you. No, no, I'm I'm agreeing with you, man, completely. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, like these people out here who uh who lie about getting who want to get a crazy check from Social Security, they go into these offices to act crazy 
so they can get an $1,800 check every month. So <laughs> for them to believe that you are crazy, yeah, the, the, and, and you get the check, you, yeah. you acted your ass off. You considerably just got yeah. an $1,800 check every month so you can play crazy. That's acting. <laughs> that is, that's all is acting. People right. act at their jobs like they want to be there every day, which they don't. Right, right. Like that's that's, right. that's pretty much it. Your 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 mm-hmm. your ability is what you do every day, and the advantage of that is once you once you put yourself in a position of what you do every day, you're acting pretty much every day, and you have to be believing. On that stage is on that stage is important because when you're on that stage and you are having the audience look at you, believe you are the character. And that's between comedy and drama, two of the most important ones. Comedy and drama, they have to believe. When I'm doing stand-up, I'm making you believe that these jokes that I'm saying are real. Half of it's not real, and half of it is real, because I'm talking about observations. Mm -hmm. And drama is, which comedians can turn into dramatic actors, which is true, I'm still making you believe that I'm the person that you need to see. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. making you believe it under the circumstances of what the character, you have to be the character. You have to separate yourself from who you are and who the character is. You're not Sam Prince. Or I'm not Brandon Quishon. I'm this particular character at this moment. And I'm making you believe that I'm this particular character at this moment so I can it, so it can be a give and take receiving thing. Right. Right. So that's so the advice the, the advice is pretty much learn your everyday thing. Learn your everyday life evaluation because every day people are doing stuff to get by and get where they need to be. As an actor, take that take that piece of everyday life of getting what you need. And add it into the perception of what your acting ability is. Because if I'm able to act in front of a, in front of anybody else of everyday life, I'm able to take that on the stage and present it to an audience who's coming to see me. All right. All right. That's good stuff, man. And, you know, back to when you said about, you know, you got to be a good liar. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think one of those skits that you did, you know, like you you were like a crackhead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I don't think you crack. I mean, I'm I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure that you have not. <laughs> <laughs> but you sure did make us believe that you did. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> you know, so. That's the talent. That's talent right there, man. To have people believe that you've done something that you never did, did never did before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's exactly the thing I I I, I do. And I, and I tell you all the time, it's just you have to have fun with it. If you're be if you're able to have fun with the ability to act, you're 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 putting yourself in a position for a great job and you're 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 able to control the the attribute you're able to control the the monitor what people are how people look at you 
in certain yeah. ways. That's why Denzel Washington, Chadwick Boseman, uh, Samuel Jackson, um, uh, uh, Viola Davis, you know, yeah. these are these are great actors and actresses. Um, because they they were they are put in those moments to be able to make you believe something, and when you're be able to believe something as an actor, you're portraying it and portraying it on television or film. That's a process of work. Uh, like I said, from you know from rehearsal to change up things to okay, I can do it like this. I can okay, let me try it this way. You're always working in your head of how you can change stuff to make things even better, and. I'm sure that actors that I name uh, who've been doing it 20, 30, 40 years have mastered this uh, thing called acting. And I'm, and I'm sure uh, Sidney Poitier, one of the greatest of all time, uh, had that due diligence of, I have to be me, but I have to portray something that will entertain the world. Right. Right. Absolutely, man. Great. Great, great stuff, man. Great. So uh, I asked you to give me your top eight favorite comedians. Mm-hmm. Right. And I wish you had time to do actors, too. But I thought, hey, let's do comedians. Um, OK. Because I love them, too. So what we're going to do is we're going to, I know it's going to be tough, but we're going to kind of pit them up against each other. And we're going to find out who's your favorite yeah. one right now, today. You know, it's probably going to change tomorrow, you know, but. Yeah, probably. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but let's see how it goes. All right, you ready? All right, we'll just go down the line. So uh, we got Bill Cosby against Martin Lawrence. Ooh. I know. I said already a toughie starting out bad. Because one is clean and one is dirty. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I take that back. Both are dirty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Allegedly, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I got to go with, um, man. You know, on the real tip of comedy, man, I have to go. I got to go with Martin Lawrence with this, man. I love Cosby. He has that intelligence of comedy and that storytelling, which is great. But Martin Lawrence has the upbeat of this is what I grew up on. This is what this is what my life story is. Even though Cosby has the same and how he grew up, but we really didn't know what his thing was when it came to who Cosby really was. So it was just like, he just turned black excellence into something that was pure because showing, showing of of knowing what black excellence is, you know, from HBCUs and all of this and him doing a different world and all the creative TV shows he did for comedy and him standard specials, they're all great. But Martin Lawrence on the hand, it was like, we kind of re- I can kind of read into like okay I get he I get him I get what he's yeah. he's talking about he's yeah. being honest so right. and of course Cosby was too but it was a little more it's a little vain it's more it's more vain 
there's more yeah. bang to it. So right. I got right. to go with Martin with this one. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. He, he, Martin made it real. He, he was real. Yeah, that was yeah, he was. And like I said, nothing against Cosby. Love the Cosby show. Uh, it taught me that black families can look like that. Um, right. It taught us they can't. We can look like that. But also Martin taught us if we we can look a certain way, but at the same time, we have to still be ourselves uh, uh, of as black people. Cause this right. is what every day of black people live with. Right. Right. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So now we got Arnez J against Mark Curry. Two. Two. Yeah. Yeah. I oh think. man. Okay. Yeah, and these these are honestly these are comedians that I kind of heard of, but I had to kind of look up, man, because you know yeah. I wasn't quite familiar. Yeah, Arnez yeah, uh, J is Arne. Okay, let me just say this: Mark Curry yeah. and Arnez J are both um, great, brilliant physical comedians, and they're great actors. Um. Mark Curry will have you laughing from beginning to end. So will Arnaz J. Um, the difference between one of them is, is that Arnaz J talks his stuff. He tells stories when it comes to um, his brother Rodney, who is retarded. And he goes into the specialty of talking about his brother and how he how his brother got into a fight with another handicapped person at Burger King. And he said they were fighting in the, they were fighting over a handicapped parking spot. <laughs> and, and he said they were about to get ready to fight, but the fight was too slow so he had to push them together so they can get close. <laughs> uh, so uh, fight already. Yeah, that, yeah. The fight. He said the fight took forty five minutes, but he had to put some closer together. Um. So, with that being said, Mark Curry, Mark Curry, he talks about his life, who he is as well, uh, where he came from. He talks about observations about certain things that go on in the hood and 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 another source of wealth stuff is that. But I think I think I'm gonna have to go. I think I'm gonna have to go with Mark Curry. Um, yeah, Mark Curry, uh, Mark Curry, uh, he's a, he's fast. He's a fast comedian that will have you laughing almost close to Rodney Dangerfield. Um, but he's telling the story. Well, he's not really telling the story. He tells the observations of everyday life and he's relevant right now. He's actually on the Cat Williams tour right now. Uh, and he's killing the circuit. He's, I'm talking about like, if you know who Mark Curry is, He's hanging with Mr. Cooper on ABC. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. When I looked him up, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, right. and he was the original host of Showtime at the Apollo. So, uh, I I kind of relate to what he is more than anything because it's like the physical humor that he does. And I like I said, I love RNSJ too, but the physical humor that he does is 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 funny. As ever, like he uses the whole stage like I do. Like he'll yeah. walk in the audience and climb over seats just to talk to people, just to make somebody laugh. <laughs> like that. If you watch, if you watch Mark Curry's HBO special, the the other side, you'll see what I'm talking about. 
Okay. I'm going to watch that too. Yeah. So, All right. And RNSJ, he has a, a special out right now, right now on Netflix called um, Racially Motivated, I think is what it's called. Okay. So okay. Why, just type in RNSJ on Netflix and you'll see. All right. Right. All right. Will do. Love it. I mean, I'm always looking to find something new and, you know, that I haven't seen before. Yeah. All right. Next two, some couple other great ones. Um, D.L. Hughley against Sherry Shepard. Hmm. Let's see. Sherry Shepard's great. Sherry Shepard's great. Uh, she just got a new TV show. D.L. Hughley is great, too. He's more political now uh, than anyone. Yeah. yeah, right. He's got that radio show, right? Yeah, yeah, man. He's, he's more he's more out there than anything. Um man, I love Dio Hughley. I love Dio Hughley and I love Sherry Shepard, but I haven't seen so much of Sherry Shepard's stand up. She's she's a TV star more than more than anything. She's a TV right. actor. Right. Um so I got it right now for right now, because I know Sherry Shepard's funny, but I gotta go with Dio Hughley. Okay. All right. He's been around for a while. Right, exactly. For sure. Exactly. Yeah. So like I said, even even with that, uh yeah, Dio Hughley was the first person to do comic view. He was the first black comedian to host a show along with Martin Lawrence uh, at the time of doing Def Jam. So he got okay. signed to a three year contract on BET and was this fast comedian. Who would tell jokes and was the warm-up announcer on Fresh Prince. Right. Wow. Okay. So yeah, wow. so it was just like I gotta go with him with that because he was all he was always quick. He was man, he was quick. So yeah. Yeah. right, right. All right. All right. So last question. I wish you would do more movies. You wish you did more what? I wish he did more movies. Yeah. Yeah, he just stopped doing it. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. But hey, I mean, I, I do appreciate his political stuff. And I mean, he's still funny, you know, but he's definitely taking more of a serious path these days. Right, right, exactly, exactly. And even and even with that, you know, when I looked at when he's doing the more, more political stuff, I said, ooh, is this, is this gonna hurt? Because, like I said, me, I don't do political. I don't touch certain things like that because only only thing I touch about being political is if a person is ugly for the election. I'm not gonna vote for you if you're that ugly. Uh, <laughs> that's the only thing. That's the only thing. That's the only thing I'm not touching. I can't. I can't. I don't know your policies. I don't know your take on stuff. I don't care about none of that stuff. If you if if you too ugly to vote for, you are not getting my vote. That's just how I look at. It. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. So, so, so I can't do that. But policy, right, but right. the but the po politics of it, I I just I stay away from it because I don't know what I don't know everybody's take on stuff. So, right, right, yeah. So Herschel Walker, you probably wouldn't vote for. Nah, fuck Herschel Walker. Uh, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like I feel like he cheated a lot of black people. Uh, Man. So, 
He sure did. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know his whole whole thing of running for Senate or what is he running for Senate or office? I don't know what he's yeah, running for. Senate. Yeah, Senate. Yeah, Senate, I think. Senate. So even the last, even when I watch the news, I watch the news maybe a couple of times. I don't watch it all the time, but he did an interview and he can't even talk during the interview. No. Like, <laughs> I looked at him and he said, well, I want to let everybody know that this erection is going to be something else that we're going to have in this erection. This erection is going to have something, put something together for the people to vote for. This erection. He kept calling the election the erection, which I don't get. And, <laughs> and the thing about this, nobody stopped him. Nobody stopped him <laughs> to say, hey, it's election, not erection. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah he cannot talk man that is no so that's good. the first thing you understand if you're gonna run for office you have to be articulate you you have to be articulate <laughs> number one <laughs> number, number one requirement <laughs> if you're gonna run for office you have to be articulate number two is you have to know how to read if you <laughs> You can't be illiterate and be articulate. The two just don't match. It's not no. exist. No, 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 no. Good Lord. Yes. I was like, I wish he just stayed playing football. I really just be <clears throat> one of those football players that had a concussion. And then. <laughs> right. Right. Because he definitely has some concussions. Man. I was That's like, so you just going to let a fallen NFL player run for Senate? Uh, that just yeah. that just makes my stomach just turn. I just yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm with you, man. I am with you. <laughs> I'm with you, man. All right. <laughs> so moving on from Herschel. Uh we got the last one, which is man, these two. Uh, I I don't even you to make this choice. We got mm-hmm. Arsenio Hall and Dave Chappelle. Yeah. <sighs> One is my idol. Arsenio Hall is my idol. Um, yeah. He's 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 my idol. Reason being is because he was the first late night, first black late night talk show host. Yeah. The yeah. first. The first. Um, and it lasted a while. Yeah, man. And it came back again and got right. taken off the air. Yeah. Um. You got Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is great. Um. Dave Chappelle is great. Uh. But. Uh. You know he has a little controversy, but that's fine. Like I said, he's telling the truth on certain things. Nobody can't tell him what to do. He has his own money. Um. Can't be mad at that. Right. Um. I love Dave, but I gotta go with my idol, Arsenio Hall. All right. I feel you, man. Gotta go with him. I feel you. Um, have you checked out Dave's podcast, uh, Midnight Miracle? No, I haven't. I have not checked that out yet. Yeah, it's it's pretty good, man. I mean, he gets pretty political too, and gets serious about topics, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still funny, you know. Um, and he's on there with like most deaf and. Then he has a whole bunch of guests, you know, but 
Oh, it's definitely worth checking out. It's yeah, definitely worth checking out. Check that out. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, Arsenio, man, I was watching that every night, man, when I was a kid, boy. <laughs> He's sleepy as hell going to school, man, because I didn't watch the And you know what? They still show episodes from the 90s on YouTube. Do they really? Yeah, they really do. I was looking through YouTube, and they show whole episodes. Uh, they show whole episodes of a lot of stuff from back in the 90s. Uh, even the Montel Williams show, which I saw that last night. I was just flipping through. <laughs> YouTube, and I'm looking like, is this a whole Montel Williams episode from '93? Wow! Montel so, yeah, if you type in Arsenio Hall show, uh, you'll you'll see a whole episode of Prince do a whole concert from the '90s on Arsenio Hall show. So, wow! Yeah, it, it's right. it's nostalgic for real. It's very yeah. nostalgic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> All right, so now we got the final four. So now we got to put Martin Lawrence up against Mark Curry. Mm. No. Both had hard. great, let's see, both had great TV shows. Both had great careers. Uh, oh. Let me go with Mark. I got to go with Mark Curry. Oh, yeah? Okay. Mark Curry. I think I think now, just because the reason why, Martin Lawrence is still relevant, but Mark Curry is still relevant in the stand-up comedy game because he's going, he's a beast. Like, every time I've seen people go see him on the Cat Williams tour, they say, man, and, and sometimes they don't even know who the first guy is. Usually Mark Curry is the first guy. To, to go mm -hmm. on stage. Okay. And with that being said, him being the uh the uh headliner that he is, people say, man, that first guy, oh my gosh, he was making me laugh so hard. <laughs> I don't even know who he is. Come to find out, it's Mark Curry. Everybody was like, that was Mark Curry? Hang <laughs> on, Mr. Cooper? Yes. <laughs> wow. So yeah. yeah, so it's just like, so it's just like it's crazy enough to to realize that when you see a comedian that is like that, and when you see that 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 situation, um, you'd be like, you'd be confused, you'd be confused, and be like, man, I never, I never think, I never, I never thought that that was him, but he's yeah. still going harder as ever than any other comedian that I've ever seen. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder if some people think he's funnier than Cat Williams. Some do, some do think that. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't put it past anybody because that last special Cat Williams put out wasn't. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. I saw that. I did see that. Yeah, I, I kind of looked at that. And was like, this is so. This is a special that you're gonna put out. This is the jokes. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I I couldn't believe. It. I mean, I watched it, but not once did I. I, I think I laughed. A few times, but I didn't laugh all the way through. Right, right, yeah. So, yeah, like I said, I, I never, I just never got it. So I just like, oh, yeah. but good luck, cat. Hey, that's right, brother. Do your thing. 
all right, so now we got D.L. Hughley against Arsenio Hall, bro. Ooh, I got to go with Arsenio again. Okay. Right. Arsenio. Uh, like I said, once again, I just wish they would I, – I just wish they would – gave Arsenio an HBO special because um, I've never seen him do an HBO special. But once again, him being the first black talk show host on late night on a network uh, is beyond. It beats anything else right. uh, in the top sitcom era. It just it right. just really does because right. uh, you'll never know. You're on every night. You're not just right. on a Thursday or a Wednesday. You're on every night. Right. So. Right. And you're up there competing with the was Johnny Carson still on back Yeah, then? you uh Johnny Carson retired in May of nineteen ninety two. And okay. then he was going against Carson. But Arsenio thing was because everybody thought like him being the young new guy that was coming in to take over, because Johnny mm-hmm. was on his way out anyway. Right. So it was right. just like, you know, May, you know, May of nineteen ninety two, Arsenio Hall was still still on from 89. So looking at that situation, it was just like, okay, he said, I want the, I want Johnny's younger audience. I don't want the old people. I want uh, Johnny's uh, younger audience. I yeah. want the younger people. So if I can get the younger people, he can keep the older people. I just want the younger right. audience. Yeah. Genius. Which made sense. So- <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. How he got me. He See? got you. Yeah, right. Yeah, so that's why I just looked at. I was just like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense because I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear anything about Gorvin Bachov or uh, Gerald R. Ford jokes. I don't want to hear. I wasn't at that. I wasn't at that at that time. So I just, (laughs) right, right. I don't. I didn't. I didn't really. I mean, I love Johnny. Johnny was a great. Was great at what he did as being a great talk show. Was King of Late Night, but it wasn't my flavor. Um, right. to listen right. to a monologue like that. Like, I'll listen to it to learn, but nothing was funny about, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, I had my first girlfriend. Uh, her name was, her, her, her whole name was Statutory Rape. <laughs> like, what the, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait. Her name was, her name was what? <laughs> she was tired. Her name was Statutory. <laughs> Come on. Come like, on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, nah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, man. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. All right, man. So now we got the finals. Mm-hmm. We got Mike Curry against Arsenio Hall. Who would you pick? Mm. Well, oh. <sighs> One does great. They both they're both great stand-up comedians. Um, one had a great sitcom. The other one had a great talk show. Um, yeah. mm. Arsenio. It's Got to go with Arsenio. Yeah. Once again, it trumps. Yeah. It trumps the sitcom era. It just trumps it. Um, like I said, you're on every night you're on maybe for a sitcom, you're on maybe on one night on a Thursday or Friday, eight, seven central prime time. 
and right. you're doing stand up across the country, which is great. But once again, as a talk show host, you're on every t- particular night. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, so <laughs> the monologue, I mean, coming up with everything, the monologue Monday through Friday, and you're on at 11 o'clock for an hour uh, right. is intense. So, right. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. And I don't, I don't maybe I'm wrong, but it, it was live, right? So you, it wasn't like you could say cut, you know, I messed that up. Mm-hmm. You know, he had to he had to be on every night. He had to be on every night, and that's why I think I like that so much. Is because you have to be on every single night. Um, when you're taping two days a week or three days a week, and you have to be on top of everything from reading the newspaper to going through magazines or reading tabloids, whatever it was back they used to do back in the nineties, putting cards. Right. In the oh, you have to be on it every single day. Um, yeah. especially when you got writers and then you right. are a writer and a host. So you have to be on top of it just as much as the other writers. if They miss something. So right. that's what I like yeah. about it. being intense on being on every night. And then you give people a platform. They can come and do stand up on. You're already a talk show host and a comedian. Give that platform to comedians who, who are new that are coming in to give them a chance and give them 10 minutes. Right. Right. Exactly. So that's yeah. that's that's why I like that. Yeah. So Arsenio for the win. Arsenio for the win. All right. Props to Arsenio Hall, brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> so two last questions, man. And you brought up one that I, I just thought of. Um. You talked about writing. Do you sit down and write out jokes? Like how how what's the process of the comedic Brandon question? For me, is I if I see something funny, I have my phone and I have my notes. So, which I've been using my phone as as, for my notes for for a minute now. If I see something funny, if I hear something funny, I'll write it in my notes immediately, and then I'll come back and I try to critique it. Or I'm in the shower, I'm thinking of jokes because when I'm in the shower, I listen to Pandora and I listen to comedians, and I'll start not listening and not taking their jokes. I'll start coming up with a concept and that concept will start coming in to where I just came up. Okay. So I, I, I tell you this, I yeah. just came up with a joke about uh black girl magic. Right. And mm-hmm. the joke pretty much goes into a, like, I've been using this preacher mode since like, if she, if she uh, was in an argument with her boyfriend and then all of a sudden he said, I'm sick of this. I don't want to beat you no more. And then she starts turning into this, this Baptist preacher. And she's like, well, let me tell you something of how I feel about you. <laughs> yeah, Lord. <laughs> I'm getting so sick of you and your mama always coming together <laughs> to, to always want to put me and put me in the middle. <laughs> I'm sick of that too. And know that plumber who used to come over every Friday. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something about him. I'm fucking him too, cause I'm getting tired of your little pipe. It's only three inches, and he got a little pipe. Yeah, Lord, like I have a whole black magic, black girl magic joke. The way she gets angry at her man because he didn't say something out of the way. So that that I and I came up with that concept yesterday. I think the day before yesterday because. My writing process is what can I use 
in my mind that I already know already to add something to, that's new. Mm. So that's that's my whole writing concept, especially when I can add improv in it and make sure that the improv matches the joke and it has a completion of the punchline. Because the whole punchline is I'm talking shit the entire time. So that's right. what people are laughing at because right. they've never seen it in that form. Right. Wow. So I'm adding yeah. my, my ability as an actor is to add acting into my comedy. Yeah, right. Okay. So that's fascinating, man. So like you don't and correct me if I'm wrong. I, I feel like there's some comedians who write the whole shit out. The whole, you know, like word for word, you know, and then they, they read it. But you sound like you just kind of come up with a concept and it's just improv after that. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. Because uh, like I said, it, it takes it takes a it takes a minute for you to realize what you can actually do to add to it. Because um, the improv, like I said, once again, the improv comes from acting. You got to be able to have fun on stage, which I do, to add to the to the form of stand up. Because everybody know as a standard comedian, they wrote joke for joke. They wrote, they write the the story, the setup, uh, the climax, and the punchline. That that's what they go by. Uh, storytelling is pretty much from beginning to end, from the from the beginning to the the climax and the resolution. Mm -hmm. uh, they they write like that, and I don't write like that. I I just I just I don't write like it because. It's not, it's like I write like how I talk, but at the same time, I write bullet points of what I can actually use to actually add into the progression of the joke. Mm. Um, a lot of people write, or they cross out words and do all this. Nah, I don't have time for that. Um, okay. It just, it, I think it just, it takes away from the ability. If you have the gift of comedy, you should be, be able to just talk on stage. Because a lot of people have that natural ability, like Richard had the natural ability to talk on stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to make yeah. people laugh. He, his writing was great too. Writing was impeccable because he wrote for Sanford and Son. So if you have. Did he really? That, yeah, he, yeah. He was a writer for Sanford and Son. I did not know that. Yep. Well, he was a writer. He was a writer. So he wrote, he wrote for Red Fox, which was in, in crazy to me because it was just like. You writing a, a legend is writing for another legend, right? Right. <laughs> like, wow. it's just, and a lot of people think Paul Mooney wrote for Richard. Paul Mooney didn't write for Richard. Right? Richard could write for himself. That's wow. why I think a lot of people get that misconstrued because they think Paul Mooney wrote for Richard. No, he didn't. He wrote for the Richard Pryor show. Richard Pryor show. Richard Pryor show. Right. Not for Richard's comedy. Richard's comedy, he was already a genius. He was already put in. Right. Right. So it was just like wow. if, if he could write, if Rich Richard could write, but he could also talk shit. And when you can talk shit and write at the same time, that's a bad combination, my man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Wow. I did not know that, man. Yeah. So like same with Bright Red Five, man. Red Fox was a genius on stage, mm -hmm. but Richard wrote for the, his show, Sanford and Son, right? Mm -hmm. So Red probably had his, he had his style, and he, he could do his thing, but when it came to his show, Richard was doing it. Wow. Right, exactly, exactly. 
So yeah. Yeah. with that, you know, even with that being said with it, um, like I said, I uh, looking at Richard, looking at Richard's concept, um, I just I, I'm, I'm in awe by it because it was just like. How in the world did he write for another legend? And then when he wrote for Red, come out with this whole stand up special from live, uh, uh, live in concert to live on the Sunset Strip. Yeah. And then here and now, like these, these specials are classic. Yeah, man. These specials are so classic. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing, man. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, cool, bro. So my last question is, I like to ask everybody this one. Um, you know, what are your plans to creatively affect the world in a positive way with your comedy? You know, like what what's next for Brandon? Uh, let me see. My thing, my thing with it is if I one day can do a tour <clears throat> and I can make people laugh around the country or even just do a live comedy special so everybody can see it. Yeah. I'm I'm good with it. Yeah. I'd be touching everybody in every world to know that if I can make you laugh for however however many minutes that I'm on stage whether whether if it's 10 minutes or whether it's for an hour and 20 minutes you will see you will see the attribute of me making you laugh so I can take the stress away. There it is. So that's yeah. what I want to do. And if I could, I would want to build a platform to where I can be like Arsenio, but I want to last for maybe 15, 20 years. Right. Exactly. Man, all right. Then that's a goal. That's a great goal, man. Yeah. Any shows coming yeah. up? Yes. Uh, I got a show, I think, uh, December 16th. Um, it says the Don't Tell Comedy Show. I'll be I'll be doing uh, shows like uh, let's see December let's see December sixteenth, December thirtieth. I'm supposed to be doing a show with a famous singer. Uh, and I, yeah, I can't tell you who he is yet. I can't tell who he is yet because uh, I want to make sure that is a good confirmation of of uh, who he is. Okay. Um, Let's put let's let's put it this way, girl. You know I I I I love you. Oh, yeah, really. So New, so new Year's, so New Year's uh, is gonna be having at that. So we'll see what happens with that. All right. Um, where's January the December? I'm yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah. The December sixteenth yep. show. Yep. Where is that one at? That's in Grand Rapids. Okay. okay. Yep. And then December thirtieth, okay. that should be in South Bend. No, I'm, I'm sorry. December thirty first. December 30th, I'm in Grand Rapids uh, for a show that's coming up um, called the Underground Comedy Show. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, yep. that's what a bunch, bunch of other people. Yep, right? yep. Yeah. And then, uh, let's see, January 14th, uh, I believe I'm in Battle Creek. Okay. Yep. And okay. then after that, January 28th, I'm at Wilson Theater with Terry Host in the play. Uh, Ms. Wilkins right. goes to the club. And then February, okay. oh yeah, January 17th, my comedy special is released called Everybody's a, Everybody's a Target. 
uh, that was taped that wasn't there. That'll be on Amazon Prime, Tubi TV, and, and uh, hey, hey, all right, man, that's awesome. Wow, that's January seventeenth. You said, yep, January seventeenth. Okay, all right, that's big time, man. Be on those networks, mm-hmm. and it's just you. Yeah, it's a whole stand-up special. It's me. Bro, that's exciting, man. Yep, it's our stand-up comedy special, so. All right. All right. I can't wait to see that, man. You, me either. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But see, that, that, that could be the catalyst to start, you know, those future dreams that you have, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I can't, I can't wait for this. Yeah, man. Well, hey, this has been a pleasure, man. It really has. I, I enjoyed every minute of it, man. I wish we could do longer, but, you know, we, we got lives. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I feel you, man. This is, no, this is great, man. I, I love this, man. This is actually really cool, man. I, I appreciate this a lot. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you for being on here, man. And Oh, uh, no problem. And thank you for having me, man. I, I appreciate it. For sure. For sure. All right. So let's wrap it up. This is the Creativatorium with my bro, Brandon Quayshon. And we are out. And remember, all the world's a stage. Hey, 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 thank you for listening to the Creativatorium Podcast. Again, my name is Sam Prince, and it is my honor to be your host, and thank you so much for listening. I would also be honored if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts and say some nice things about what you just heard. And definitely please listen every week. We come out every Tuesday. Also, for more information about coaching classes, workshops, and upcoming productions, please check out our website, samber.productions. That's S-A-M-B-E-R dot productions. And you can also subscribe to our newsletter. And remember, all the world's a stage.